Today we travel back to the year 1095, to a pivotal moment that shaped the course of history. Pope Urban II's sermon at Clermont-Ferrand, France, which sparked the Crusades. There are five different recorded versions of the sermon, but we will be focused on the version chronicled in 1107 by Robert the Monk, who claimed he was present at the Council of Clermont, and whose version, though sometimes graphic, many scholars prefer. Before we hear excerpts of the passionate call to arms for holy war, let's set the stage. In the 11th century, the Byzantine Empire was under threat from the Seljuk Turks, who had conquered a significant portion of Anatolia, thereby endangering the Christian pilgrimage routes to Jerusalem. Pope Urban II, the leader of the Catholic Church, saw this as an opportunity to unite Christendom and defend the holy places. So he called for a great council in Clermont-Ferrand, France. On a crisp day in November 1095, thousands gathered in Clermont-Ferrand to listen to Pope Urban II's words. In his sermon, he passionately spoke about the significance of reclaiming Jerusalem and the urgent need to defend the Christian faith. From the confines of Jerusalem and the city of Constantinople, a horrible tale has gone forth and very frequently has been brought to our ears, namely, that a race from the kingdom of the Persians, an accursed race, a race utterly alienated from God, a generation forsooth which has not directed its heart and has not entrusted its spirit to God, has invaded the lands of those Christians and has depopulated them by the sword, pillage and fire. It has led away a part of the captives into its own country, and a part it has destroyed by cruel tortures. They circumcise the Christians, and the blood of the circumcision they either spread upon the altars or pour into the vases of the baptismal font. When they wish to torture people by a base death, they perforate their navels, and dragging forth the extremity of the intestines, bind it to a stake. Then, with flogging, they lead the victim around, until the viscera having gushed forth, the victim falls prostrate upon the ground. Others bind to a post and pierce with arrows. Others they compel to extend their necks, and then, attacking them with naked swords, attempt to cut through the neck with a single blow. What shall I say of the abominable rape of the women? To speak of it is worse than to be silent. The kingdom of the Greeks is now dismembered by them and deprived of territory so vast in extent that it cannot be traversed in a march of two months. On whom, therefore, is the labour of avenging these wrongs and of recovering this territory incumbent, if not upon you? You, upon whom above other nations God has conferred remarkable glory in arms, great courage, bodily activity and strength. Pope Urban II masterfully appealed to the audience's emotions, stoking their sense of righteous indignation and desire to protect their faith. Most beloved brethren, today is manifest in you what the Lord says in the Gospel, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Unless the Lord God had been present in your spirits, all of you would not have uttered the same cry. For although the cry issued from numerous mouths, yet the origin of the cry was one. Therefore I say to you that God who implanted this in your breasts has drawn it forth from you. Let this then be your war cry in combat, because this word is given to you by God. When an armed attack is made upon the enemy, let this one cry be raised by all the soldiers of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. 
Pope Urban II further invoked the promise of heavenly rewards for those who took up the call, encouraging knights, nobles, and commoners alike to join the cause. Whoever therefore shall determine upon this holy pilgrimage, and shall make his vow to God to that effect, and shall offer himself to him as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, shall wear the sign of the cross of the Lord on his forehead or on his breast, when, truly, having fulfilled his vow be wishes to return, let him place the cross on his back between his shoulders, such indeed by the twofold action will fulfill the precept of the Lord, as he commands in the gospel. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. The power of Pope Urban II's words resonated with the audience, and the response was overwhelming. The impact of the sermon was profound. Within a few years, Waves of fervent crusaders set out on their perilous journey to the Holy Land, seeking redemption through their faith and courage. The Crusades, which followed Pope Urban II's sermon, were a series of military campaigns that spanned centuries, bringing together people from various regions and backgrounds to fight for a common cause. However, it's essential to recognize that the Crusades were a complex and multifaceted historical event and their consequences were far-reaching and, at times, controversial. The encounter between East and West during these campaigns led to cultural exchanges and misunderstandings, shaping the world we know today. As we reflect on Pope Urban II's Sermon and the Crusades, let us contemplate the enduring power of faith and courage. It is through understanding history that we can learn from the past and work towards a more compassionate future.